0: Hi, this is Paul Butler. I'm the Senior Pastor of New Heart Baptist Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We hope that this podcast will be a great blessing to you and encourage your life. I want to talk about living faith. Living faith is something that touches you at every part of your life. It's meant to be a relationship. It's meant to be something that touches you at your core. It's meant to be super practical and super natural put those two things together super practical and supernatural and God is wanting us to live in a living faith he wants us to have living faith and um, I've got a few interesting questions for you this morning but let's look at this this little diagram here something that God gave me uh, what does it look like to you if you took away the cross sign in the middle what would that look like to you 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 yeah, I've got one right here on this thing and you've got one and on you're remote at home. It's a play button. Right in the middle of that little triangle, the play uh, button is a cross. And that is, this is, a, this is a little image that I use in our disciple-making internships, but I think it's something that, that's a very helpful thing for us because Jesus is at the centre of everything in our living faith. He is the, the centre and as uh, Helen did so, uh, beautifully last week. He is all things. Um, the, he is the center. He's our focus. He's everything to us. Our faith does not exist without Jesus Christ. And what we've got is Jesus is the perfect disciple maker and our ultimate example. And uh, so right at the middle of this diagram is this idea that Jesus is our focus of our faith. And the second part is that he calls every disciple to follow his example and play our part, get it? Play our part in making disciples. All right, so the play button is very important. Um, We haven't got Helen's, I just checked the website, we haven't got Helen's message from last week up um, because uh, Heidi and Craig went down to um, Heidi's mother's 70th birthday in Sydney and we didn't get to to upload it to the website. We'll get that done early uh, this week. But um, I want, you, if you haven't got it, if you weren't here last Sunday, I'd love you to to listen to Helen's word for us as a church. Um, who was here and got blessed by her encouragement. I think the big thing that I took away from from her word is that every one of us has authority given to us by Jesus, and that her word was about empowerment. It was this idea that that we have been given authority, and we have access to the power of the Holy Spirit and this all comes out and we're going to talk about this living faith and so i want to just talk about the fact that jesus um, i call them the three greats the first great is to love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul we call that up then he said the second greatest commandment is to love one another as i have loved you or to love your neighbor as you love yourself which is what we will call in and then the third great commandment, which we, we call a commission, and therefore we don't think of it as a commandment, but it's a commandment. It's his last command is our highest priority, which includes the first two. It's the out, the up, in, and out. And here's what I want you to know. Jesus did it first. Is that true? Did Jesus fulfill the three great commands? He set an example, and he said, now you go and do it. That's a big part of who we are and what we're called to do. We're called to love God with all our heart, with all our soul. And we're called not just individually, but together. We're called to love one another. There's an immediate community. There's a plural thing there. That's the we. That's the me and us. And it's the we, loving one another. Those two things are really important, right? Really hard to be church by yourself. There is, that snuck in though. Who would agree with that? The idea that you can do church on your own has snuck in. The idea that you can be in front of a screen look, looking at content and go, I've just done church. Well, we actually know you, you, you took some content from a church gathering or a church service or a teaching from a church. That's not, it's a part of church. It's not church. We gathered together is part of being church, but this is this, this gathering. It, it doesn't equal church. The church is a living, breathing body, flesh and blood that God inhabits, that God comes into, and we're part of it. And Jesus's three greats were given to his disciples to do up, in and out, and he did it first, and then he said, "Now you go and do it." And but he did that in a simple way. He taught his disciples to do this. In three different ways. In Mark 3, Jesus came down from the mountain having prayed all night and he appointed 12 that he would call them sent ones or apostles. And he set them apart and he said this. And Mark says this, that they might be with him. And the next word there underneath that, it says like. It doesn't say like. It says that they might be uh, with him so that he might send them. Do You know, there's this word like um, you talked about it, Anne, that we would be like him. God's goal is that from the very book, first book of the Bible, Genesis, is that we would be like him. We were made to be like him. And sin corrupted God's idea. Our human decision to rule ourselves meant that we, we lost some of our God-likeness. And our attempt to be God which is what sin is all about. Sin is actually us trying to be God when there is only one God and he says, love me alone. But he, he actually wanted, he designed us to be like us, like him and at the end of history in the book of Revelation, guess what happens? And guess what happens when Jesus comes into your life and the Holy Spirit fills you? You start becoming like him. So Jesus had these 12 and he said, you can come be with me so that you can become like me, so I can send you to go and do what I was doing. How good is that? I want you to leave here today knowing that you have a living faith. A living faith. What does that feel like? What does that sound like? A living faith. A breathing faith. An active faith. This is not something that we just believe in. It's something that comes into us and actually works out of us. And Jesus wanted you to be like him. That is, question, did Jesus have faith? I got two responses in. Did Jesus use faith? Some of you are not sure. I can tell some of you are not sure. But wasn't he God? Why did he have to use faith? Yeah, he was both man and God. He had to trust the Father and the Holy Spirit in everything. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So Jesus actually had to use faith. We're going to talk about what what is faith if Jesus had to use it. Well, what he did, Jesus, the disciples learned how to be like Jesus and they learnt and they lived out Jesus' commands by observing his works, by observing his ways, and observing his words, and then doing them. What are are ways? If you you deserve someone's ways. We know what works are, that's what you do. We know what words are, that's what you say. What's a person's way? It's um, Jesus. Jesus uh, had the Beatitudes. It was his attitudes. He's his motivations. It was how he did this. Apparently, I walk like my father. I walk in my father's way. No more. One leg goes out there and the other one goes out there. And I've got this slouch and I've got all these things. I look, I walk like him. And the way Jesus wants us to do is that when we live, when we speak, and when we do stuff, that people go, I don't know what it is about that person, but it makes me feel like I've been with Jesus. I mean, what would it have been like to have be been with Jesus? I reckon they would go, I think that's what God is like. So God is empowering you to do this. So living faith. A living faith is trusting and living out who you are and what you know and believe. We did the creed this morning. That's what we believe. How do you live that out? So we could all sit here or stand as we did, and we could all say that, and we, all, we could all believe it, and we could just put a full stop there and go, that was really awesome. Right? It'd be just what we know. But how, do you, how does that change how you live? See, first of all, I think we have to start at God is wanting you to grab hold of who you are and who He is, or who He is and who you are because of it, and then put into practice what you know and believe. So here's a a statement for you. If you know who He is, you know who you are. Is that true? It's going to go. All right. If you know who he is, you know who you are. If God is, what would be the first thing you might say? You could say love. So if God is love, what does that mean to you? I am loved. If God is creator, I am... If God is my father, bang. Kaboom. If Jesus is my saviour, I am... From what? (laughs) So many things. From John 3.16, from perishing. If Jesus is my healer, I can be sick and hurt and broken, but he becomes my... That means that I... I can be sick, I can be broken, and Jesus can be my healer. The Holy Spirit is my counsellor, then what am I? (laughs) Sorry? A sound mind? I need counselling. I'm a client of Jesus. Uh, I'm a client of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Have you got any counsellors in the room? I think Liz, where's Liz? Yeah, Liz. So the Holy Spirit is the counselor, then I'm his client, right? I'm a major client of Jesus. His sessions are awesome. Um, If the Holy Spirit is what? Teacher, the one who leads us into all truth, then what am I? I'm his disciple, I'm his student, I'm a learner. So if I go back to the, the one before, if you know who he is, you know who you are. What we have a lot of problem with is is that we forget who God is and therefore we forget and that's how the enemy disempowers us. And I'm telling you today, God wants you to have a living faith. He wants to fill you with a living faith that touches the practical and touches the supernatural realms that we are daily dealing with all the time. Who wants to walk in a living faith that's so darn practical and so darn supernatural? All right, this is for everyone in the room. No super spiros here. We're all going to live by faith if God is. So let's have a look at this in terms of that diagram. Um, As a disciple, God has given me his presence, and his presence does something in me. It reminds me of who he is and it reminds me of who I am. It reminds me of my identity, who I am and who, you, who he is and who you are. It's a beautiful thing. Um, he's described as a deposit, a down payment of a future reality. But I get it right now. He tells me, Paul, right now, you're, you're, you're my child. And he goes, hang on, but that's not all. And he says to each one of you, we're male or female, son, or you are my son or daughter. Think about that. The creator of the universe is calling you his child and says, You're my child. I, I know you by name. Um, and then the child goes, I am yours. And he goes, But that's not all, daughter. That's not all, son. I call you my heir, along with Jesus. How cool is that? His presence comes and he says to my my soul, he says, you can say Abba to God. Go on. You You can call God creator who's holy and righteous, who is bigger than bigger and out there, but also in here. You can go on. Open your mouth and call him the most intimate name in the universe Daddy, Abba, Poppy, Papa. This is a beautiful thing that God brings us into, and He gives us His Spirit. That's the first thing He does. The second thing He does, He says, You have a position. I give you authority, I give you permission, commission, and calling. With your identity as a, as a child, as a son, and as an heir, son and daughter, and as an heir, comes this amazing thing. You are given position. Jesus uh, is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and we are seated next to him. That is all about authority. Um, I love the, the line, the witch in the wardrobe, the, the Narnia Chronicles. And Lucy walks through this wardrobe and it's got fur coats and everything. And she at the back of the cupboard she walks through into Narnia and it's and to me it's like walking into the kingdom of God. Um, and your word today was about ascension. And I believe that Lord wants you to ascend into your place, into your position as children of God. Not one of you Not one of you, whether you, you may not even be a Christian here today, but God is saying, I want you to come in to know me as a child. I want you to come in to understand me as father. And I want you to know that you have a position and authority to do things in my name on the earth. Are you hearing this? You have, when Jesus in Matthew 28 and in Mark 16 and Luke 24 and Acts chapter 1, we have this picture. That was me. This picture of um, Jesus commissioning his disciples. He's giving them permission. He's giving them authority. He's sending them to do something that he intended way back in Mark chapter 3. He said, Come be with me, become like me, so I can send you. And then they did that. And then he gets to the end and he says, Now you keep going. And I'm not, doing, I'm not letting you go without giving you the authority that's given to me. And Helen talked about from Luke chapter 8, I think it was, all authority on heaven and earth is given to me. And then he said, now you go and do this. Do what you've watched me do. So we have this beautiful, beautiful thing. You want to know how to walk in authority? Read the Gospels. Read the book of Acts. I could talk to you about authority... But if you want to know how to walk in authority, look at Jesus and he will show you what a human fully empowered by the Holy Spirit looks like as he takes authority in the practical and in the supernatural ways. Jesus did very practical things like you run out of bread. So what does he do? Yeah, he goes, yeah, get some money and then multiply it. Um. He went to Peter's, uh, Simon Peter's place and his mother-in-law was sick. And uh, really, she was the host and she was sick. So he healed her of the fever she had. She got up and prepared them a meal. That wasn't selfish. He had the mercy and the kindness and compassion to heal her. And then she was able to do what she was born to do. She was there. She wanted to be the host for Jesus. So Jesus took his authority from the father. The father said, you are my beloved son. That's his identity with whom you are well pleased. The spirit of God comes on him. And that's the next part. He gave the power. So Jesus, God has this plan for every disciple. He wants you to know you have his presence. Know who he is. Know who you are. He's given you authority. He's given you a commission and permission And the third thing is, whatever you need to do what I've asked you to do, you had the power for this. And that's what Jesus said. Pray in Luke, pray the Lord of the harvest for laborers. This idea what is a laborer? A laborer is someone who knows their identity, who knows that they have authority, who knows they have power, and then they do what with it? You see, you can know your identity. You can know your position. You have your authority. You can read all about it in the Bible and you can know you have power and you can have actually received it. But when does it actually become a reality? Yeah, it's called living faith. Uh, We have an abundance of information. We have a lack of application. This is not what we were made for. Jesus uh, wants us to actually activate what we know. And here's the good thing, he actually helps us to do that, which I really am glad for. Who finds it hard to activate truth? Am I the only one holding my hands up? This is surrender, right? Uh, I I really, uh, activating what you know to be true. It's the hardest thing, I think, in the world. But the Holy Spirit has come to me, come into me and says, I'm going to help you because I'm the spirit of truth and I'll lead you into all truth. That is, I will lead you, apply the truth. If you know what you believe, you can take hold of it and live it out. So first of all, you know it, then you have to live it out. And God has given you everything that you need to be able to do that by his presence and his power. So, what am I saying here? It's all about alignment. Um, in a car, if you have one wheel going this way and one wheel going that way, your wheels... Well, have you, you ever been in a car where the car wants to go all to the left and to the right? And you go and you take the car in, I need my car, I need an the alignment. They go, right, okay, that's going to cost you 150 bucks. And they put it up and basically all they do is make sure that both wheels are going in the right in the same direction. That's alignment. And for us as, as disciples, as sons and daughters of God, He wants us to align. And I'm going to put one hand up. That's God. And He's now aligned with me. We're in the same direction. We're going in the same direction. This is what living faith looks like. It's when we are in alignment. It's when you and I look at who God is what he said about me and about and, and what he's asked me to do and i align myself with his word with his living word it is written jesus said in matthew chapter 4 live by um uh, you will not live by just bread daily bread but by every word that comes from the mouth of god whether it's written or whether it's in your heart he wants you to be in alignment with that living faith is about me Walking with God and God walking with me. And I see Jesus do that. I see him going, Let's go to the other side of the lake. Why? It's like the disciples would go, But Jesus, we're having such a good time here. It's revival. People are getting healed, people are getting delivered, people are responding to your teaching. Why leave? And he goes, I've got to take this word to other people who have not heard it yet. And they're going, but Jesus, this is so much fun here. And everybody gets it. Over there, they may not get it so much. They might throw things at us. Jesus was always living out of what the Father was saying through the Holy Spirit's leading. He was in alignment. And living faith is this halting of aligning ourselves. So, I want you just we've done the creed, so we're going to do the Lord's Prayer and we're going to discover this thing about if you know who you are, and then you know, you know who he is, you know who you are, but you also start to align with God's will for your life. And God, Jesus, we could call this the Lord's Prayer, but it's actually the, Lord, the prayer the Lord gave his disciples. And, but it, within it is this context of so many of the things that God wants to do in and through you. It's really cool. And how many of you memorized it? You know what? There used to be a generation that, of Christians that knew this off by heart. Um, can I just say to you, I wrote in my my email, family email, recently that I think that we are on the precipice of becoming a generation of biblically illiterate. It's kind of like having all the food in the world, but everybody going hungry. How crazy is that? If if the internet fell over tomorrow, so many Christians have gone without a a physical Bible now, what would happen to us? We stop memorizing scripture and weighing it up in our hearts, laying it up in our hearts. We used to do that as I used to do it as as a child, I used to do it as a young adult. I would memorize scriptures. And what's happening is is that we're becoming more and more dependent on our devices and immediate access and less of it's built up in us. And what happens when we do that is, is that our brains have got so full of information that we survive on the very superficial... Am- Are you like me? You're like, you you like, I can't remember my passwords. How many passwords do you have? I've got a special app that I put my passwords in and I'm going, one day someone's going to hack that. I'm going to be in big trouble. But, you know, I've got, my, I've got so much going on in my brain. I, I, I kind of, it's like I just keep what I need in the, in the top part of my brain because that's all it can handle. But you know what? The Word of God is meant to be in us. It's meant to be impressed into us. It's meant to be part of us and it's meant to be changing us and it's meant to be coming out of us. And the only way I can do that is stay in it. Let's just quickly go through this and we. Our Father in heaven, immediately alignment. Our Father, all right? Our Father, what's the opposite? Child. I come to my Father and I come as a child. And as a child, I come. Jesus took a little child, sat him on his neck. And blessed them. Said, "Come to me, all the little children. Uh, for such as these belongs the kingdom of God. Why? Why does the kingdom of God belong to children? Because they're totally reliant. They just know their place. I'm a child. They just go looking for that provision. They go looking for that nurture. They go looking for the blessing." I was in the Philippines on a short term mission trip, and I would notice that the Filipino ch- children within the church would come up to elderly people and stand right in front of them. And if the old person was speaking to, to somebody else and they were busy, the child would take their hand of the older person and they would put their hand, their hand, and they go like that. What they were looking for is a blessing. And in Jesus' time, it would have been the same. Children understood that the parents and these older people, these elders in their community had something that they wanted or needed and they went and got it. When you say, when Jesus introduced the disciples to his father, he was introducing this intimacy that was available to all of them. And and can I just say, it's our prayer. Our father, I am a child. But God goes, and I'm a son. And he goes, and? I'm an heir. And he goes, what are you lacking? Nothing. And he says, what have I got for you? And I said, you love me. And when I make mistakes, you forgive me. Everything I need, you've got it. And first of all, the, the fruit of the Spirit, was what's in God? And he says, I'm patient and I'm kind and I'm self-controlled and I'm good. Get it? Our Father positions you, aligns you with your child. Your name be honoured as holy. God is Holy. Peter says, be holy as I am holy. That word means set apart. It means different from the world. He goes, align with that, child. Don't try to be like the world. Be like me. What was Jesus, what was the ambition of every disciple? To become like Jesus. Your name, Jesus' name is honoured and holy and special. And it grieves me every time I hear it used in a horrible way or the name of God used in a horrible way or a foolish way. And I refuse to let the name of God or Jesus out of my lips in any other way than an honourable way. And I align myself and I even hear younger Christians going, oh, no, you heard that expression? Oh, no. And I go, "Oh no, not God, let your name be holy. your kingdom come, okay, so where's the alignment your kingdom what's where's the alignment that's a hard one, isn't it if if he has a kingdom that makes him the And that makes me a a citizen and a servant of that kingdom. Your kingdom come. That means I'm a part of seeing his kingdom come. Because I'm a citizen. He says, you have a position. You are a citizen of heaven. When you come into your place in the earth, so that your will will be done on earth as in heaven. How does God do his work on earth as it is in heaven? Through who? Through his citizens, the citizens of the king. Give us today our daily bread. What does that teach me about living faith? What is God in that sentence? Give us today, I'm asking him for daily bread. What does that make him? My provider. What does that mean that I am? I'm the one in need. I'm the needy one. I'm the needy one. Anybody here a needy one? Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> All right, forgive us our debts. <laughs> it's pretty easy. If I'm asking God to forgive my debts, I am caught coming to him as one who is in debt. And who is he? He's a judge. And what else is he? He's the forgiver. He's the one that says, not guilty, no longer condemned. Without, no longer, I I declare you free. And then he says, just as I forgive those, what are we called to be doing? Be giving others. If I've forgiven you, now you forgive others. Help us to not fall into temptation. That's a bit harder. Alignment. Well, I've got the devil. I do. I not want to. I want to align myself with the Word of God. Jesus says it is written. So I will do what is. I will do what you say, and deliver me from the evil one. God says, when there comes a temptation, I will. There I'll provide a way out of that temptation for you. Matthew 6 is incredible. Jesus' prayer given to his disciples is about living faith and it, talks, it hits at every area. And I want to say to you, it is the fruit of the Spirit, but it's also the gifts of the Spirit as well, the power of the Spirit. God has given you everything that you need to walk in living faith. What does that look like to me? Just some simple things. Um, this week, um, I started a new medication and part of the side effect of it was a bit of insomnia. Now, I don't know if you know, but I'm a very good sleeper. I like my sleep. Anybody with me? Two hands. Some of you might identify with the insomnia part. Um, I've never had problems going to sleep until this week and for the first three or four hours of the night my, my, for some reason my brain just doesn't go into that, that, that sleep so I'm just buzzing in my head now I started to feel sort of a bit of a victim going oh this is horrible this is just sucks God I actually did that. I said that, God, this sucks. And um, I just went into a real victim spiral and feeling sorry for myself. And, and the Lord sat me down, son. And I'd spent about 20 minutes with him just talking about living faith. I just said, okay, God. Um, I'm feeling a little bit like Job here. I'm getting smacked. Michelle's dad died this week. This last six months have been crazy. And God had me sitting down. (laughs) He sat me down. And I'm going through and I'm belly aching. He goes, right, let me, I want you to change this around. He said, I want you to start looking for what I am doing and what I'm not doing. And I want you to start looking beyond your problem." And so I went, this is where I had to align myself. I had to say, God, I'm just so grateful that my side effects of this medication are only insomnia and hot flushes. <laughs> woo All the menopausal women just went, yes! A male gets it! <laughs> yes, ladies, I do know what it feels like. And I and I, I do have this sudden urge to go shopping and get a new handbag. Yay! And go for Queensland. Ah! Oh, no. And I go get behind me, Satan. <laughs> um, and I, I just just spent like I spent about twenty minutes belly aching to the Lord, and then the Lord came and said, "I want you to see where I'm at in this." And I spent another 20 minutes just going back through the things that I was struggling with, giving them to the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm just so grateful that I've had 60 years of relatively great health. I have a beautiful wife who I love. I have four great kids, four great grandchildren. I live in a beautiful place in the world. And I just started giving thanks to God and all of a sudden... My, I aligned and my, my faith became living. Now, when you live like that, then people who don't know Jesus and people who do know Jesus start noticing how you are living your faith. It's real. It gets really real, especially when it gets messy. And people are watching and they're actually looking for people who are carrying faith who are carrying hope and are carrying love. And the way we do that is we go to the author of faith, we go to the author of hope, and we go to the author of love who set the example of what it was to love God, to love one another, and to love the world. We go to him as our great example and go, I've got nothing to complain about compared to what you went through for me and for the whole world. I want to I be with you and I want to be like you and I want you to send me to do what you want to do and God help me to never forget who you are and who you said that I am. But more importantly that I may not forget but I will continue to act like a child and not like an orphan. That I'll act like a free man not like a slave. Act like one Who is like Jesus? Alignment. Living by faith or living faith. It's a challenge, but the Holy Spirit has come to help you. Would you stand? Um, the Lord is wanting to realign some things in, in people's hearts today. The first one was some people here, he, he first of all says, you want to come close to me, but you're holding on to unforgiveness. Know that I have forgiven you, so forgive. Do not hold forgiveness as something that you possess by your own virtue, see it as a gift and give it as a gift. The person that you need to forgive probably doesn't even know and probably doesn't deserve it, but neither did you. So give freely what you receive freely and then you can come and receive more from me. Some people here um, need to realign their idea of success. What is success? Jesus' idea of success was going to the cross, laying down his life so that he could take it up again. It was living completely for his father's purpose. It was a fulfilling his calling, his commissioning. Jesus wants you to know that you were not simply born again just to do whatever, just to go through these years, to accumulate, to spend, to have a good time. He said, I designed you for purpose. Realign your idea of success. I do feel like there's some realignment in health too. So I just want you to put your hand on the part of your body that is out of alignment and maybe unwell or sick. Put your hand on that part of your body which is unwell. We're just going to pray for healing now. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would bring healing into this area of the body that is unwell, that is, that is causing pain, that is inflamed, that is out of alignment. And I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and I say be healed. There's another group of people here uh, who have got who are not aligning their thinking with the word of God in relation to the work of the spirit and his gifts. And God would say to you, I want you to align with my word what you see of the New Testament and the disciples of Jesus and the New Testament church and the way they walked in living faith. They believe God for great things, through healings, for deliverance, and for the preaching of the gospel, for miraculous breakthroughs. I want you to leave behind unbelief and align yourself with your idea that I am good and that I am great and I can do all things and I'm going to use you. Do not say, God could never use me. Confess that hidden or spoken thought And ask me to do a great thing through you, in you, and through you. And there is one last one. Your destiny, your future, your life. Do not hold on to your life. If you want to follow me, said Jesus, you must let go of your life, take up your cross and come follow me. For those who want to hold on to it will lose it, said Jesus. But if you let go of it and take hold of the cross, then you will gain it for eternal life. Do not fear death. Take hold of eternal life now. Do not be a stranger to the joy of eternal life now. Embrace what is to come. Your future is assured. Do not fear death. Face it knowing that you have an inheritance which is greater. An eternal rich reward. In Jesus' name, the Lord, may the Lord who is the God of all hope, may the Lord who is the God who brings all things together, aligns all things to his way, may he do a great work and a greater work in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Go and tell somebody a story of what you're grateful, thankful or celebrate and give Him praise for in your life. Find something that you can say, I really thank God for this. God bless you. Have a great week.